Today is the 16th of July, 2019. Welcome to Walking the Way. My name is Ray. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening in as we continue to explore what it means to have a regular rhythm of worship together. And if you're joining us for the very first time, firstly, let me say welcome. And let me explain that each episode follows a really simple pattern of prayer, scripture, and music. So having explained how it all works, let's start today's leg of walking the way with our opening prayer. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father in heaven, King of glory, faithful Father, we adore you and glorify you forever. It's by your will that we are alive and are healthy, and you've given us the grace to converge. You promised us that whenever we call upon your name, you will answer us with your presence. So, Lord, come into our midst today. Join with us. Visit us with your overwhelming presence and make your blessings abundant as we meet together today. Lord, as we meet together from the beginning to the end, glorify yourself and make us satisfied in you. Amen. We're going to have our first piece of music to give us some time to center our thoughts on God. And then we're going to get into our Bible readings for today. And it's some difficult readings today. Because in today's readings, we read about Amon, one of David's children who rapes his sister Tamar. And then Paul concludes his second letter to Timothy. But we'll see you on the other side.
Let's ask God to speak to us this morning through the scriptures. Father, may we be like Job, and may we wonder at your glory, and may we cry like him that we have heard you with our ears. But now you've opened our eyes to spiritual truths and understandings that we've never had before. This we ask in the precious name of our Lord and Saviour Jesus. Amen. And our Bible readings this week are taken from God's Word translation. And we begin today with 2 Samuel 13. After this, David's son Amnon fell in love with Tamar, the beautiful sister of David's son Absalom. Amnon was so obsessed with his half-sister Tamar that he made himself sick. It seemed impossible for him to be alone with her because she was a virgin. Amnon had a friend by the name of Jonadab, a son of David's brother Shimnir. Jonadab was a very clever man. He asked Amnon, Why are you, the king's son, so worn out morning after morning? What won't you tell me? I'm in love with Absalom's sister Tamar, he answered. Then Jonadab told him, Lie down on your bed, act sick, and when your father comes to see you, say to him, Please, let my sister Tamar come to feed me. She can prepare a meal in front of me as I watch her, and she can feed me. So Amnon lay down and acted sick, and the king came to see him. Amnon asked the king, Please let my sister Tamar come and make some bread in front of me, and she can feed me. David sent for Tamar at the palace. Please go to your brother Amnon's house, he said, and prepare some food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house. He was lying down. She took dough, kneaded it, made flatbread in front of him, and cooked it. Then she took the pan and served him the bread, but he refused to eat. Have everyone leave me, he said, so everyone left him. Amnon told Tamar, Bring the food into the bedroom so that you can feed me. Tamar took the bread she had prepared and brought it to her brother Amnon in the bedroom. When he handed it to him to eat, he grabbed her and said, Come to bed with me, Tamar. No, she told him, Don't rape me. That shouldn't be done in Israel. Don't do this godless act. Where should I go in my disgrace, and you'll be considered one of the godless fools in Israel? Speak to the king. He won't refuse your request to marry me. But Amnon wouldn't listen to her. He grabbed his sister and raped her. Now Amnon developed an intense hatred for her. His hatred for her was greater than the lust he felt for her. Get out of here, he told her. She said to him, No, sending me away is a greater wrong than the other thing you did to me, but he wouldn't listen to her. Then he called his personal servant and said, Get rid of her, put her out and bolt the door behind her. She was wearing a long-sleeved gown. The king's virgin daughters wore this kind of robe. So his servant took her out and bolted the door behind her. Tamar put ashes on her head, tore the long-sleeved gown she had on, put her hands on her head and went away crying. Her brother Absalom asked her, Has your brother Amnon been with you? Sister, be quiet for now. He's your brother. Don't dwell on this matter. So Tamar stayed there at the home of her brother Absalom and was depressed. When King David heard about this, he became very angry, but David didn't punish his son Amnon. He favoured Amnon because he was his firstborn son. Absalom wouldn't speak at all to Amnon. He hated Amnon for raping his sister Tamar. 
Two years later, Absalom had sheep shearers at Baal Hazar near Ephraim. He invited all the king's sons. Absalom went to the king and said, Since I have sheep shearers, your majesty and your officials are invited to feast with me. No, son, the king answered Absalom. If we all go, we'll be a burden to you. Even when Absalom continued to urge him, David did not want to go, though he did give Absalom his blessing. So Absalom said, If you won't go, then please let my brother Amnon go with us. Why should he go with you? the king asked him. But when Absalom urged him, he let Amnon and all the rest of the king's son go with him. Then Absalom gave an order to his servants. Watch now, he said. When Amnon begins to feel good from drinking too much wine, I'll tell you, attack Amnon. Then kill him. Don't be afraid. I've given you the order, haven't I? Be strong and courageous. Absalom's servants did to Amnon as Absalom had ordered. Then all the king's sons got up, mounted their mules and fled. While they were on their way, David heard this rumor. Absalom has killed all the king's son and not a single one is left. The king stood up, tore his clothes and lay down on the ground. All his servants were standing beside him with their clothes torn to show their grief. Then Jonadab, the son of David's brother Shimea, said, Sir, don't think that all the young men, all the king's sons, have been killed. Only Amnon is dead. Absalom decided to do this the day his half-brother raped his sister Tamar. You shouldn't burden your heart with the idea that all the king's sons are dead. Your majesty, only Amnon is dead. Absalom has fled. When the servant he kept watched looked up, he saw many people coming down the road beside the mountain west of him. Then Jonadab told the king, The king's sons have come. It is just as I said. When he finished speaking, the king's sons arrived and crowed loudly. The king and all his men also cried very bitterly. Absalom, however, fled to Geshur's king Talmai, Amahud's son. But the king mourned for his son Ammon every day. Absalom, having fled to Geshur, stayed there three years. King David began to long for Absalom once people had consoled him over Ammon's death. Joab, Zariah's son, knew the king was still thinking about Absalom. So Joab sent someone to Tekoa to get a clever woman from there. She told her, Please act like a mourner and dress in mourning clothes. Don't rub olive oil on yourself, but act like a woman who has been mourning for the dead for a long time. Go to the king and tell them this. Then Joab told her exactly what to say. The woman from Tekoa came to the king and immediately bowed down with her face touching the ground. Help me, your majesty, she said. The king asked her, What can I do for you? He answered, I am a widow, my husband is dead. I had two sons who quarreled in the field, and there was no one to separate them. One killed the other. Then the entire family turned against me. They said, Give us the man who killed his brother, so that we can kill him because he took his brother's life. We're going to destroy the one who would now be the heir. In this way they wish to extinguish the one burning coal that is left for me. They will not let my husband's name or descendants remain on the face of the earth. Go home, the king told the woman. I will order someone to take care of the matter. The woman from Tekoa said to the king, 
Let me be held responsible for the sin, Your Majesty. Let my father's family be held responsible. Your Majesty and your throne are innocent. The king said, If anyone says anything against you, bring him to me. He'll never harm you again. She said, Your Majesty, please pray to the Lord your God in order to keep an avenger from doing more harm by destroying my son. I solemnly swear, as the Lord lives, he said, not a hair on your son's head will fall to the ground. The woman said, Please let me say something else to you. Speak, he said. Why have you devised something like this against God's people, she said. When you say this, you condemn yourself because you haven't brought back the one you banished. We are all going to die. We are all like water that is poured on the ground and can't be gathered up. But doesn't God forgive a person? He never plans to keep a banished person in exile. I've come to say this to you because the people have frightened me. So I thought I will speak to the king about this. Maybe the king will do something for me, his subject. Maybe the king will listen and rescue me, his subject, from the man who wants to cut off both me and my son from our God-given inheritance. I thought you would reassure me. You are like God's messenger who is able to distinguish right from wrong. May the Lord your God be with you. The king said to the woman, Please don't refuse to answer the question I'm going to ask you. The woman responded, Please speak, your majesty. Did Joab put you up to this? the king asked. The woman answered, I solemnly swear on your life, your majesty, you are absolutely right, yes. Your servant Joab ordered me to do this. He told me to say exactly what I said. Your servant Joab has done this to portray the matter in a different light. You are as wide as God's messenger who knows everything on earth. Then the king told Joab, This is what you'll do. Bring back the young man, Absalom. Joab quickly bowed with his face touching the ground, and he blessed the king. He said, Today I know that you've been kind to me, because you've done what I wanted. So Joab went to Gesher and brought Absalom back to Jerusalem. But the king said, Absalom should return to his own house. He will not see me. So Absalom returned to his house and didn't see the king. Now, no one in all Israel was praised for his good looks as much as Absalom was. He had no blemish from head to toe. At the end of every year, he used to cut his hair because it became heavy for him. When he cut the hair on his head and weighed it, it weighed five pounds according to the royal standard. Absalom had three sons and one daughter. His daughter Tamar was a beautiful woman. Absalom stayed in Jerusalem for two full years without seeing the king. So Absalom sent to Joab in order to send him to the king, but Joab refused to come. Absalom sent for him a second time, but he still refused to come. So Absalom said to his servants, Look, Job's field is next to mine. He has barley in it. Go and set it on fire. So Absalom's servants set it on fire. Joab's servants came to him in grief and said, Absalom's servants have set your field on fire. Then Joab immediately went to Absalom at home. Why did your servants set my field on fire? he asked. Absalom answered Joab, I sent someone to tell you to come here because I wanted to send you to the king to ask him why I had come from Gesher. It would be better for me if I were still there. Let me see the king now. If I'm guilty of a sin, he should kill me. Joab went to the king and told him this. The king then called for Absalom, who came to the king, 
and bowed down with his face touching the ground. And the king kissed Absalom. 1 Chronicles 21 Satan attempted to attack Israel by provoking David to count the Israelites. David said to Joab and the leaders of the people, Go, count Israel from Beersheba to Dan. Bring me the results that I may know how many people there are. Job responded, May the Lord multiply his people a hundred times over. But your majesty, aren't they all your servants? Why are you trying to do this? Why do you wish to make Israel guilty of this sin? However, the king overruled Joab, so Joab left, went throughout Israel, and returned to Jerusalem. Joab reported the census figures to David. In Israel, there were 1,100,000 men who could serve in the army. And in Judah, there were 470,000 who could serve in the army. Joab didn't include Levi and Benjamin in the number because he was disgusted with the king's order. God considered the census to be sinful, so he struck Israel with a plague. David said to God, I have committed a terrible sin by doing this thing. Forgive me because I have acted very foolishly. The Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer. Go and tell David, this is what the Lord says. I am offering you three choices. Choose the one you want me to do. When Gad came to David, he said, This is what the Lord says. Take your pick. Either three months of famine, or three months during which your enemies will chase you away when their swords catch up to you, or three days of the Lord's sword, a plague in the land of the messenger of the Lord, destroying the whole of the country of Israel. Decide what answer I should give the one who sent me. I am in a desperate situation, David told Gad. Please let me fall into the Lord's hands because he is extremely merciful. But don't let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague on Israel and 70,000 Israelites died. But God also sent his messenger to Jerusalem to destroy it. But as he was destroying it, the Lord reconsidered and changed his mind about the disaster. Enough, he said to the destroying messenger, put down your weapon. The messenger of the Lord was standing by the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. When David looked up, he saw the messenger of the Lord standing between heaven and earth. The messenger had a sword in his hand and stretched it over Jerusalem. David and the leaders were dressed in sackcloth. They bowed down with their faces touching the ground. David said to God, I am the one who ordered the people to be counted. I am the one who sinned and did wrong. What have these sheep done? Lord my God, let your punishment be against me and my father's family, but don't punish your people with a plague. The Lord's messenger told Dad to tell David to go and set up an altar for the Lord at Ornan the Jebusite threshing floor. David went as Gad had told him in the Lord's name. Now Ornan had turned round and seen the messenger. Ornan's four sons who were with him hid, but Ornan kept threshing the wheat. When David arrived, Ornan looked up and saw him, so he left the threshing floor and bowed down with his face touching the ground in front of David. David said to Ornan, Let me have the land this threshing floor is on. I will build an altar for the Lord on it. Sell it to me for the full price, and the plague on the people will stop. Ornan said to David, Take it, your majesty, and do whatever you think is right. I'll give you the oxen for the burnt offering, threshes for firewood, and wheat for the grain offering. I'll give you everything. No, King David told Ernan, I insist on buying it for the full price. 
I won't take what is yours for the Lord and offer burnt sacrifices that cost me nothing. So David gave Ornan fifteen pounds of gold for that place. David built an altar for the Lord there and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. He called on the Lord, and the Lord answered him by sending fire from heaven on the altar for burnt offerings. So the Lord spoke to the messenger, and he put his sword back in its scabbard. At that time, when David saw the Lord had answering for the threshing floor of Orn and the Jebusite, he offered sacrifices there. The Lord's tent that Moses made in the desert and the altar for burnt offerings were at the worship site at Gibeon. However, David couldn't go there to consult God, because he was frightened by the sword of the Lord's messenger. 2. Timothy 4 I solemnly call on you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge those who are living and those who are dead. I do this because Christ Jesus will come to rule the world. Be ready to spread the word whether or not the time is right. Point out errors, warn people and encourage them. Be very patient when you teach. A time will come when people will not listen to accurate teachings. Instead, they will follow their own desires and surround themselves with teachers who will tell them what they want to hear. People will refuse to listen to the truth and turn to myths. But you must keep a clear head in everything. Endure suffering. Do the work of a missionary. Devote yourself completely to your work. My life is coming to an end and it is now time for me to be poured out as a sacrifice to God. I have fought the good fight. I have completed the race. I have, conf- I have kept the faith. The prize that shows that I have God's approval is now waiting for me. The Lord, who is a fair judge, will give me that prize on that day. He will give it not only to me, but also to everyone who is eagerly waiting for him to come again. Hurry to visit me soon. Demas has abandoned me. He fell in love with this present world and went to the city of Thessalonica. Crescens went to the province of Galatia, and Titus went to the province of Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you. He is useful to me in my work. I'm sending Tychicus to the city of Ephesus as my representative. When you come, bring the warm coat I left with Carpus in the city of Troas. Also bring the scrolls and especially the parchments. Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will pay him back for what he did. Watch out for him. He violently opposed what we said. At my first hearing, no one stood up in my defense. Everyone abandoned me. I pray that this won't be held against them. However, the Lord stood by me and gave me strength so I could finish spreading the good news for all the nations to hear. I was snatched out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from all harm and will take me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Glory belongs to him forever. Amen. Give my greetings to Prisca and Aquila and the family of Onesphorus. Erastus stayed in the city of Corinth, and I left Trophimus in the city of Miletus because he was sick. Hurry to visit me before winter comes. Eubulus, Pudence, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters send you greetings. The Lord be with you. His goodwill be with all of you. Psalm 46 For the choir director, a song by the descendants of Korah, according to Alamoth. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble.
That's why we are not afraid, even when the earth quakes, or mountains topple into the depths of the seas. Waters roar and foam, and the mountains shake at the surging of the waves, Sela. There is a river, whose stream brings joy to the city of God, the holy place where the Most High lives. God is in that city. It cannot fall. God will help it at the break of dawn. Nations are in turmoil and kingdoms topple. The earth melts at the sound of God's voice. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold, Selah. Come, see the works of the Lord. The devastation he has brought to the earth. He puts an end to wars all over the earth. He breaks the archer's bow. He cuts spears in two. He burns chariots. Let go of your concerns. Then you will know that I am God. I rule the nations. I rule the earth. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Selah. We're going to have our second piece of music just to give us some time to think about the bits of scripture that have caught our attention. Maybe just a little bit of an earworm here and there. And after the music, we're going to say our prayers for the day and the time of the year. Before we say our prayers for the day and the time of the year, just a reminder that if you'd like us to pray with you, then drop us a line through the usual channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and email. Check the show notes for all the contact details. There are links to everything. So if you click the link, it'll take you to wherever you need to go. As we go about our day today, can we please remember a young lad called Travis who is going to start some experimental cancer treatment today? I'm going to ask that we pray that Travis responds really well to the treatment, but also that God works a miracle today. 
personally, I want to say thank you to everyone who prayed for me yesterday, for my brother, and I'd really appreciate it if you could keep, if you could keep praying for him as the doctors need to keep doing their thing over the next few days. It wasn't as simple as we'd hoped. But let's come to the God who hears all our prayers, spoken and unspoken. Father in heaven, as your children we stand before you and we lift our eyes to you. We are poor, needy people, often wretched and tormented. And Father, we ask that your eyes rest upon us. Grant us the help that we need. Bless us when we gather together that we may be a people who learn to serve you in all the paths that we follow, even if it proves to be bitterly hard. Give us true faith for every moment. May we have joy and confidence that you are with your children, that you remain with them forever until the great time of redemption, when we will rejoice with all past generations and with all who are living today. Amen. And our prayer for the time of the year is by John Birch from the website Faith and Worship. You have given us a world of beauty, and we have spoilt it. A world to feed us, and so many go hungry. A world of riches, and we are unwilling to share. A world to care for, and we think only of ourselves. Forgive us, gracious God, for those times your heart is saddened by our selfishness, for those times we have no thought for others, no cares but ours. Enable us to see this world anew as a gift from you, to be shared and nurtured, to those who live upon it to be loved and cared for. Lord, we ask that your name may be glorified through the beauty of this world and the service of our lives. Amen. And we say together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us now and forevermore. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.